closer to you, Lord. Just a confirmation of, of that word that Kaylee brought. I prayed with the band, and that was the word that the Lord gave the band just before worship started this morning. That His presence filled the place that we could not continue with normal ministry because of His presence, because of His glory. We pray, Lord, may that be an image of our lives, Father, where we make room for you, where we allow you to come and have your way in our lives, in our hearts. So that if need be, we do not continue with usual things. We are obedient to you and we follow you and we follow you, Holy Spirit. We give you the glory this morning. How beautiful is your presence here, Lord. We could go on forever. We could go on forever. Just pray, Lord, that your name will continue to be lifted up today in this place. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Come and have your way. Thank you, band. I just really want to, I don't know who of you were focused that intently. It's just the way we praised the Lord this morning, the way we worshiped Him, every song was just sounded just fragrant with the gospel and the richness and the fullness of what Jesus Christ has come to do for us. So Father, we just give you the glory today. Good morning, everyone. It's, uh, it's an absolute privilege as we um, have established that to be in this place today. And it's a privilege for me to be able to share the word with you all today and what I feel the Lord has laid on my heart. And, and before I start, I just want to pray again for us, if that is okay, if we can just all close our eyes. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are truly glorious, that you are truly perfect, that you love us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you have made a way for us to be in the presence. Thank you, Lord, that you have made a way for us to draw near to you. But moreover, Lord, thank you that you draw near to us. You are a living God. And that is my prayer today, Lord, is that we will hear your truth, that we will hear your word, and that our hearts will grow closer to you, and that you will come closer to us as we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Good morning, everyone, once again. I just, um, just so, so, we're so inundated these last few weeks just by what's going on in this world and, and what's going on specifically in our country. And um, I'm sure I don't have to say much, but we all have this similar joint unity for something. We obviously, we saw what we did in the Rugby World Cup and many of us are still feeling that joy and elation. And um, I don't know for many of you, but like me, I don't know what to do with my Saturday nights and my Sunday nights at nine now. Um, so I think we should come to church. Um, we've all proven we can stay up late. So we're going to start nine o'clock evening services. Is that okay? Amen? <laughs> okay. This is recorded. I'm just saying. All right. I just quickly want 
just turn to someone next to you um, and just quickly tell them where were you, maybe some of you weren't here yet, but I think you should have been, um, where were you in 1995 when the Springboks won New Zealand the first time? It was the 24th of June, Amazing. I suppose I have to cut this short. Um, we don't have enough time. But it's very apparent that, that we all have thought about this sometime the last few months. We recall that. Um, I know I've went and I visited that time. Um, I was nine and a half, turning 10 that year, which is actually pretty profound because my boy who, who watched the rugby with me last week is 10 as well. So he got the, the same experience as I did. Um, so yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, to be called a South African and to be in this country, we can all attest, I'm not going to continue to speak about rugby, but what I want us to focus on is the fact that we, we saw this team, we saw our team um, kind of take us on a journey, but they went through it. They went on this challenge, this trial, this adversity. Um, they overcame adversity many times. They endured pain to the highest form, suffering to the highest form. They persevered. And they had determination. We saw a, a, a captain leading a team, a captain who loves the Lord, leading a team with humility. And the team serving with humility. And we saw a team um, really just being a great example. Even this week, just as they continued to go around the country and do tours, we just saw such amazing characteristics of, of this team. And just how they displayed themselves and, and how they carried themselves. And how they inspire. And how they bring hope. Hope to a nation, unity to a nation. I remember in 2019, we actually watched the final year as well in church. And I will never forget that day. If you didn't know someone in church, you gave them a hug that day. That's just how it was. It's, it's an amazing experience. It's an amazing feeling to, to be part of something like this who, who brings hope who brings something which brings us all together as a nation. And as we've heard in many of the, the interviews that were had with the players afterwards, they all kind of said the same thing, is that our country so needed this. And we all thought of it. We, we, we think our country so needed this. Even after the, the 2019 victory, um, the, the hype kind of went down. And then we went through a lot of things again as a nation. And then we have this unity and this hope which we so desperately needed. And the more I think about this, the more I see this, and the more I see the effect that it has on this country, the more I am just so reminded by the perfect and complete work that Jesus Christ has done for us. You see, when we look at what our, what our country represents and what man did for us, yes, they bring hope, they instill hope, and they, they bring this unity for us. But when we look at Jesus, a servant leader who endured suffering, who went through trial to the extent of death, death on a cross, who lost but also won, 
a victory that this world can never, ever give us. He overcame temptation and he overcame suffering and his ministry and his life, the life of Jesus Christ, is a life which united nations. See, Christ represented the kingdom of God and all it stands for. God's saving plan for all, for mankind, for each one of us in this room. He sent his servant down. Being empowered by the Holy Spirit, he obediently fulfilled that call. He obediently fulfilled that mission. He endured hardship and he overcame victoriously. Now Jesus' life, when we take a look at his life, his earthly ministry, his methods challenged many. His methods challenged the way the world thinks, the patterns of this world. Yet he profoundly inspired all those close to him to follow him. And to lay their lives down for God. See, Jesus Christ was, is, and will always be God's perfect redemptive plan for mankind. For all of us. Victory for every tribe, every tongue, every nation. From the east to the west. A plan, a victorious plan, which not, could not even be overturned by death itself. And that's what I want to get at today is that Jesus Christ is the unifying truth that we have that does not merely bring temporary hope for mankind, but it brings eternal hope for all, for all mankind. Today, I want us to look at this concept of, of Christ and, and Christ being the hope of nations. A servant leader who came down, became man, to lead by perfect example. The suffering servant whose life and ministry still brings unity, still brings nations together 2,000 years later. It's an internal kingdom, forever unshakable. It's our living hope. And the key passage that I want us to, to go to today, if you have your Bibles, you can, or you can look up there, is we're gonna go to Matthew 12. We're going to spend a little time in, in from verse 15 to 21. It says, but when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from them, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. Yet he warned them not to make him known, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him. And he will declare justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break. A smoking flax, it's a candle wick, he will not quench till he sends forth justice to victory. And in his name, Gentiles will trust. Now, just a little context is shortly after Jesus um, healed a man. He was, he was busy speaking to the Pharisees and they were challenging him. And, and, and Jesus was putting this, this before him that he desires mercy, not sacrifice. And shortly after he healed a man, he healed a man's withered hand on the Sabbath. The Pharisees conspire against Jesus. But moreover, we read in scripture that they plotted against him so that they could destroy him. Now, Jesus 
here, and this is what I really want to touch on today, is just this character of a servant leader who inspires hope to nations. Jesus did not choose to retaliate. Instead, Scripture tells us he withdrew because he knew the call, he knew the mission that the Father has called him to, that the Father has chosen him for, and he knew it was not the right time. Now, when we read that Scripture, we see that last verse, the word Gentiles. The Greek word for that is called ethnos, and the Hebrew word is goi. You don't have to remember that. There's no test after this. But you can hear ethnos. And it means race, tribe, nation. A tribe of people, a nation of people, a multitude of individuals from the same nature. And that word shortly after that, trust, the Greek word alpizo, not pizza, alpizo. It means to expectantly confide in, to have hope. In a religious sense, to wait for salvation with joy and full confidence. Now, if we put that together and we read that scripture again, it just adds so much more to why Jesus came to earth and what he came to do. In this very scripture, Jesus says, for the fulfillment of the prophet Isaiah, this has to happen. And he says, he is the savior in whom all nations will confide in with joyful expectation. Now, if we go back to the beginning, we start from Abraham. We see right from Abraham, if we go all the way down in Genesis, from Abraham's, uh, from God's promise to Abraham, we see uh, in Genesis 12, God says, I'm going to make you a great nation. And then God says to him, I'm going to make you father of many nations. And then right after that, he says, all nations on earth would be blessed through you, through him. And then we go to Matthew again, the gospel of Matthew, where it actually gives the genealogy of Jesus. And so powerfully it shows, starting from Abram all the way down through the generations, David's name is in there. And then 42 generations, we come to the name of Jesus Christ. We see God's faithfulness in saying he's going to bless all nations through you. We see that is a span for almost 2,000 years. Now, almost 2,000 years later, and we still see the ministry of Christ bring hope to a nation, a world which so desperately needs that. Bringing restoration, bringing purpose. Uniting nations amidst a war-torn world ruled by sin. Feeling the effects and the brokenness of sin. Now, if we zoom on Zoom in on Jesus Christ and, and these characteristics of who he is and what he has come to do for us as the servant king. There's a few things we can highlight when we read that scripture. And the first one is, if we read Matthew 12 verse 18, it says, Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit on him. See, the first aspect is he was God's chosen servant i mean i don't think there's any higher calling any one of us could ever have he was god's chosen servant and he was empowered empowered by the holy spirit we see this prophecy fulfilled at the very beginning where jesus gets baptized and and pastor vanna so wonderfully um, took us through that time where john the baptist baptized jesus 
It says from Matthew 3, verse 16, When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And then straight after that, we, we see received the Holy Spirit. But straight after that, jumping from Matthew 3 to verse 4, we directly see that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the desert, into the wilderness, where he was tempted. We also read in Matthew 17, verse 5, and this is the transfiguration where Jesus is on the mountain, and, and we find from verse 5, it says, While he was still speaking, behold, a bright, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. See, when we read these scriptures, we do not only see God's affirmation of Jesus as his chosen servant. More than that, we see God's glory revealed through Jesus Christ. We see him giving his Holy Spirit to Jesus. And then at the transfiguration, the word literally means something that is uh, transformed into something more elevated, exalted, or beautiful. We see the glory of the Father revealed through his chosen servant. In John 4, and this is right after Jesus meets with the, with the woman at the well, his disciples come back to him and, and they want to give him food. And then he addresses them with this. Verse 34, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Likening his very calling, which he was chosen for, showing us that he not only understood it, but he was likening it to the very essence that gives him life, that sustains him on this earth, his food. And it, more than that, shows us that he understood his calling, but he obediently followed his calling. And when you read that scripture, you also see that he not only obediently stayed to the calling, but he understood the urgency thereof. That the Father's will be done through him to finish the work. The author of Hebrews so powerfully uh, describes Christ's purpose as God's chosen servant. In Hebrews 10 from verse 8 to 10, we see previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offering for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, behold, I've come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. By the will we have been sanctified, by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. When we read scripture, we see Old Testament law, the Mosaic law acquired the blood of an animal to be spilt for atonement of sin. For the blood to be spilt on the altar for the atonement of sin and the sacrifice of sin. But when we read scripture, we see that this was not sufficient. It had to be repeated yearly. And what it actually served as, the, the guilt from the worshiper who sinned, the guilt was not removed. It actually served as a reminder of our sin. But Jesus Christ was God's perfect plan, God's chosen servant. And he was sent to be the perfect sacrifice to not only perfectly atone for man's sin, 
But we even sang it, I think it was the, the second song, that he removed our guilt and our shame. He took all my sin and shame away upon himself so that we could be sanctified, the perfect sacrifice. See, Christ fulfilling his calling as God's chosen servant, servant was the perfect atonement for our sin. The son of man who came to serve, but not be served. If we continue to read in Matthew 12, we read from verse 19 to 20. And he would bring forth, sorry, and he will declare justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench, till he sends forth justice to victory. We see here that this other aspect of Jesus as the perfect bearer of hope to all nations is that he would bring forth justice to all nations. But more than that, the way he does it is without violence or pretense, defending the weak, the hurt, and the broken. This portion of scripture just so, so beautifully emphasizes Jesus' way, his gentle and sincere and humble way in which Christ would bring justice the King James Version actually says judgment to the world. See, his ministry was never overbearing. His ministry was never forceful. It was never a self-gratifying, self-proclaiming ministry as we can see in, in the later days. It was in humility. It was from a servant heart. And Jesus' heart was always moved with compassion was always filled with compassion to those who are suffering, those who are going through affliction. And again, we see Jesus not only understood his calling, walked in it perfectly, affirmed it. We read in Luke 4, verse 18 and 21, and this was when he went back to his hometown in Nazareth. In his very hometown, he reads this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, quoting from the Old Testament. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery to the sight of the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And then in verse 21, he says, And then he began saying to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Offending many that time. People not truly comprehend who was with them. Jesus Christ came because he was anointed by the Father to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the broken heart, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery to the sight of the blind, to set free those that are being held in bondage by sin. And Jesus said that scripture Today, that scripture is fulfilled. See, Jesus was always for the underdog. He was the voice to the voiceless. He brought hope to the hopeless. He was the light, is the light in the darkness. He was the perfect bearer of hope. Because he was God made man. He became like man in all aspects except for our sin so that he could understand. He had to become like us in order to be the mediator between us and the Father, to be our high priest, as Scripture tells us. 
Hebrews again from verse two, uh, Hebrews two from verse fourteen to eighteen says, "Inasmuch as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through the death he might destroy him who had power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear death were all their lifetime subject to bondage." For indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he gives aid to the seed of Abram, his faithful. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be merciful and faithful, high priest, in things pertaining to God, to make preparation for the sins of people. For in that, in himself, he suffered. Being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. He had to become like man. He was the perfect servant. He understood what man needed to go through. He understood what it took to be the perfect mediator, as Scripture tells us, between us and God. He knew what it would take to take our sin and our shame away. Another powerful aspect that we read in that scripture of Matthew is, is, the, is the concept of all will know his name. All will know his name. Now, I don't know about any other team in this world that can unite a nation such as the name of Jesus Christ. We see it from the beginning. The covenant with Abram 2,000 years, almost 2,000 years on to Jesus. And from there on almost 2,000 years until now. Still uniting, bringing people together, instilling hope where there is hope needed, where there are people are hopeless, bringing light into the darkness, bringing peace where there is war. All will know his name. Matthew 12, verse 21, and his name, Gentiles, we've established it means nations will trust, will hope. In his name, the nations will hope. Waiting expectantly for their salvation. Romans 14 verse 11, the apostle Paul quotes the prophet Isaiah. And he says, for it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to God. Every knee. Every tongue. In Acts 4 verse 8 to 12 Again, it's such a powerful display of, of Jesus' followers. This was after Jesus' earthly ministry. We see, um, we see Peter and John before the Jewish high council. Now, if you go read that scripture, you'll see in detail from the beginning, you'll see that everyone was there. The high council, the high, the high priest, his whole family, all the elders, everyone was there. And then it says, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people of elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by the name of Jesus Christ, by him, this man stands here before you whole. 
This is the stone which was rejected by your builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There is no other name, no name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. All will know his name, the name of Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us, our Messiah, our Savior, our King, our servant King, Yeshua, all will know his name. I'm just so aware of the, 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 the presence of the Lord in this place and the fact this morning that what we worshiped, we just continue to, to worship and to praise and to sing about what Jesus has done in our lives. And many of us here this morning, we are sitting here today and maybe some of us were challenged by, by the words that we sang in that last song, I truly felt the Lord wants to come and shake up the ground of our traditions. He wants to come and break down the walls of religion that we have built up in our hearts because he is still the hope of all nations. He is still the savior of the world and he will forever be. And we, his children, have that hope in us that we can expectantly wait, that we can expectantly live out this life with joy because we have salvation, because there is salvation is under no other name in the name of Jesus Christ, our hope. Now this morning for a few moments, if if we could all just close our eyes for a few moments, and I'm going to ask the band if they can come up. As God's chosen servant, Jesus came, the humble servant, and he served the Father's needs, providing for us. in the areas of our lives which we are lacking, making a way for us to choose life, not death. For what Jesus Christ has done on this earth, he came and he installed eternal hope for us, a hope that will never disperse, a hope that will never fade away, a hope that does not need to be renewed every other so years. A hope which we carry with us in our hearts because when we accept Jesus, we belong to Him. We receive His Holy Spirit and we belong to Him. And this morning I feel many of us, we need to come back to the feet of Jesus, our humble servant King, and we need to receive his gospel. We need to receive the mission that he has successfully accomplished on earth. We need to comprehend that and accept that in our hearts. Because until Jesus comes again one day, our mission on earth to proclaim his name will never stop. The world, the world needs to hear the gospel. But this morning I truly feel we need to allow His Holy Spirit 
to come and touch our hearts, to come and restore our sight, to come and heal brokenheartedness, to come and free us from oppression, to come and help us to be free from the things that are withholding us from living out His great commission that He has sent us to do. So just where you are this morning, I just want you to speak to the Lord in your own way. Maybe some of you here, you need to renew your hope. You need your hope strengthened and renewed in Christ. But you know there are things in your life that are taking up that place, those walls that you have put up that is preventing you from waiting expectantly. Let's bring that before the Lord this morning. Let's make room in our lives, in our hearts for the Lord. we're still in this place and our eyes are closed, if there's anyone here today that feels that they have not truly accepted Jesus Christ who was the perfect mediator between our lives and God who took away our sin and shame upon himself, if there's anyone in this room today that want to accept him in their lives and to say Lord I want to make you my Savior and my Lord I want to follow you all the days of my life. I want to yield to you. I want to lay down the things in my life that have been taking up all the time that I was supposed to give to you, Lord. If that is you today and you want to accept Jesus, I want you to quickly raise your hands. I just want to pray for you. Father, this morning we thank you for that hand. Thank you for that brother who said, Lord, I need you. I need to lay down the things in my life that have been weighing me down. And Father, for every heart who responded in this place this morning, you know who they are, Lord. I pray, Father, that you will continue to, to come and make yourself known to them in their lives that they will come to experience you as their servant king, that they will come to understand what you have done for us on this earth, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you will help them on this new journey. And I pray, Father, that you will surround them with people who love you, who represent the kingdom of, of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that our hope in you is not temporary, but it's eternal. 
We give you the praise this morning, Lord. We pray for every heart in this place, Lord, to be renewed and to be strengthened by your Holy Spirit. And I feel the Lord is saying maybe there's many of us here today that have hit a, a pothole in our lives. And you kind of feel the, the one wheel on the car or whatever that looks like, whatever analogy you want to use, is, is, is not causing you to move in the momentum you once moved into or at the pace you once moved into or at the pace that you want to move for the Lord. I feel the Lord is saying, put your strength and your, your trust, put your hope in me and I will not disappoint you. Father, we give you the glory for today, Lord. We pray that your name will be echoed, that your name will be elevated as we leave this place today, Lord. We pray for, for opportunities, Lord, to go and share the message of what Jesus Christ has done for us. We pray that you will grant us wisdom, that you will grant us boldness to go out into the world and to share what we have received not because of anything we have done, Lord, but because of your love towards us, our undeserved grace. I pray, Lord, that you will help us to share that message. Thank you for being our eternal hope. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, thank you for coming, everyone. Um, we're going to remain in the front. There will be a few people. If, if anyone needs prayer, um, you're welcome to, to grab a coffee outside and stay around, chat a bit. And if anyone needs any more information, you can go to the Connect station. But we are going to be here. If anyone needs prayer or ministry, um, you're welcome. We invite you to come to the front so that we can pray for you. Thank you.